Are you the king of the Jews? That question just hung in the air. Are you the king of the Jews? He had known this day would come. He was prepared, almost amused by this Roman governor that was questioning him, and by the priests who had dragged him here, trying to find some justification, some excuse for his execution. Are you the king of the Jews? Just days before, the crowds had been cheering his entrance into the city. They'd been hailing him like the king that they had wanted him to be. Those crowds that were now sitting outside, those crowds that were out there waiting to hear the verdict, waiting outside because they would not defile themselves in anticipation of the sacrifice and the Passover that was to take place that evening. Those crowds that were sitting outside now insisting that he must be put to death. And Pilate had gone out to talk to them and now had come back and called to Jesus. John 18, verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord? Or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? How should he respond? What did Pilate mean when he called him a king? What did the people want those days ago when they had cheered him as the son of David as he had entered into the city? What what was it that they were looking for? So you're a king. King with a lowercase k? Like a ruler of a land or a nation? A a king? How to explain it to this governor of the land? What the crowds outside didn't seem to understand. Those, Those people outside who had the words of God, who had the scriptures given to them through the prophets, the very words of God, yet didn't understand what he had been trying to tell them. Was he going to be the conquering kind of king? One who would overthrow this Roman government? The crowds would have cheered if that were the case. And Pilate would want him dead for insurrection. But no, not not that kind of a king. And that's why the crowds wanted him dead. How did we get to here? How did we get to this place? Jesus thought back. It had not always been this way. He had not always been this way, so limited, so misunderstood, so confined. His power and majesty confined, constrained, 
unrecognized? Was he a king? In the beginning he was. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, yes, he had been a king. He had created all things and then sustains those things. He was sovereign over all of his creation. And then entered into that creation. Matthew 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to, to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did exactly as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star 
when it rose, and we have come to worship him. There he was. The eternal God, creator of all things, sovereign over the universe, born as a common child. Heralded by the angels, his presence announced by these foreigners. But even then, even at that early age, his presence was a threat. It threatened to overturn everything, and the people feared. For when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem was with him. And assembling the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. They knew the scriptures. They knew where to find him. They knew that when this king, this Christ, would come, they knew where he would be. But they didn't go. They didn't check to see. They just told Herod, if he were to come, this is where you would find him. So Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and he ascertained from them what time that star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw that star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and they worshipped him and they opened their treasures. And they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And after he had grown, he began to proclaim the coming of the, his kingdom. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They knew even at his birth who he was. They had come and they had brought these gifts worthy of a king to acknowledge his presence in this place. Some had understood. And as he grew, he began to proclaim it, repent, repent, get ready, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes, some of them understood. Some of them had known and got it. John had prepared the way, and some had repented in anticipation of this coming kingdom. But was he to be a king? A lowercase k, king? A conquering, empire-overthrowing king? If so, Herod would want to put him to death. The wise men had said it, the angels had announced it, Herod had feared it. And now, 
Pilate one more time is asking him, so you are a king? And Jesus answered him, John 18, 37. You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born. For this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. You want to know the truth? Jesus thought. I'm a king. I am the king. You want to know why a king of a foreign realm has come here to this place? It's because my people have rebelled against me. They've rejected me and run away. And I have come to win them back. I left my eternal, heavenly throne to participate within my own creation, the creation that I uphold, so that I could bring my kingdom into this world. You want to know the truth, Pilate? It is for this purpose that I was born. It is for this purpose that I, though pre-existent of that birth, came into this world. This is my defeating of my enemies, my true enemies. I am about to conquer, and you are going to make it happen. You, cowardly and weak as you are, you will fulfill my decree so that I may finish my work. And everyone who understands this truth will live in my kingdom. Pilate says to him in verse 38, What is truth? And after he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release for you one man at Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they cried out, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber and insurrectionist. You see, Pilate misses the point. He sees no danger in Jesus. The Jews miss the point because they want a national deliverer. But here he stands, Jesus the king, the conquering savior, in this moment, in this place. John 19, verse 1. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns, and they put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. And they came up to him, saying, Hail, king of the Jews! And they struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said, Behold, the man! And when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! 
Crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the Son of God. It was for this purpose that he had come into the world. Was for this purpose that he came into the world? When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and he said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you? And I have the authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all, unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Pilate. Who do you think is in charge here? You think that you have authority to crucify me? You think that you have authority to let me go? Pilate, you would have no authority at all if I had not given it to you. And from then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out, and he sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of the preparation of the Passover, and it was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king. And they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Caesar. That earthly ruler, the one who oppressed them, the one that they hated, the one that they despised having to pay the taxes to, Caesar, the one that they had wanted a deliverer from, the one that they had hoped Jesus was the deliverer from, someone who would set them free. And here Jesus stood before them while they said, literally, any king but you. We will accept any king, even our enemy, before we will accept 
you. How sad that they didn't understand. He had come into the world for this purpose, to give them a greater delivery than they could ever imagine. He had come to set them free from sin. He had come to set them free from death. He had come to set them free from the constraints of this world and to allow them to enter into his eternal kingdom, to have an eternal hope. For this reason, he had come into the world. And his people did not recognize him. They were rejecting him, betraying their king because they didn't like the way that he looked. So Pilate, so Pilate delivered him over to them to be crucified. And so they took Jesus. And he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. And Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on that cross, and it read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic and in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, please don't write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. There it was above his head, in three languages so that everyone who passed by might see and understand that this is the king of the Jews. For this purpose, he had come into the world. The king had conquered death and sin through his death. The king had won mercy for his rebellious people through their rejection of him. Those of the truth heard his message and understood that I need to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this was it. This was the inbreaking of that heavenly eternal kingdom into this world. Those of the truth would repent of their rebellious ways. Those of the truth would stop trying to be their own sovereigns, their own saviors, and they would accept him. Those of the truth would be delivered from this kingdom of darkness and into his true kingdom. Colossians 1 verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, 
the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, those visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and which has been proclaimed again here today. For this reason he has been born. For this reason he came into the world. Our king has come to rescue his people. Behold your king. Father, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins. For we have rebelled against you. We have wanted to live our lives our own way and be king over ourselves. And when we have been unsuccessful in that, we have sought to make kings for ourselves, to find someone who would reign over us or deliver us from the troubles that we find ourselves in. But Father, you are the only one. You are the only one who can provide a way to true freedom. Lord, we thank you that when you saw us in our rebellion, you did not stand aloof or dispassionate, but because of your great love for us, you have sent your Son, who for this purpose came into the world to win back his people. Lord, we pray that we might be people of the truth, that we might believe and understand what Jesus has come to do, that in accepting him we might be set free from sin and death, that we might participate even now in your eternal heavenly kingdom, and having been brought in, that we might securely uh, abide in that kingdom 
where Jesus reigns now and forevermore. And Lord, we anticipate the day when he will return again. And someday we'll fully make all things right and put everything in subjection to himself, trampling over all of his enemies, defeating them utterly and completely. And how we will praise you and glorify you in that day. But Lord, even now, even now as that takes place only in our own hearts, even now as it only takes place in our proclamation of this good news, we praise you. And we ask, would you come again quickly, Lord Jesus? Amen.